us today. We are in a series called The Best of the Best. And, and what we've done, we've taken a concept of taking some of our best performances of the past and we are redoing them over the next three weeks along with the messages that had a powerful impact upon our church family. And so that's what's happening. This, this, this uh, was from the Wicked series, this thriller performance. And the message today is Dancing with the Devil. kind of goes with the whole thriller performance as we talk about dancing with the devil and look at the dark side, look at our spiritual enemy, the devil. And, you know, most of us, you know, we grew up seeing images of the devil as a red little thing with a pitchfork, horns, and, and a tail. And, you know, that's kind of how we grew up thinking about, about the devil, you know, this little cute little, little character. And a lot of kids today, a lot, that's their image of the devil, this little cute little, little guy with a tail and, and some horns. And that's kind of the image of, of the devil that many people have, this kind of imaginary supervillain. And, and, and maybe you have wondered if the devil is really real or if he's just an imaginary force that many people have have made up. Maybe you have wondered if the devil is just some kind of metaphor for evil and he really doesn't exist. And the question is, is there really a devil? If there is, how much influence does he have? And should I be afraid of him? And what does the Bible have to say about this, this guy named the devil? What I want to do today is give you the top four things you need to know about the devil. I would really encourage you, if you have a pen and some piece of paper, maybe take some notes to be highly engaged, because this is going to really help you as you live your life for Jesus. The top four things you need to know about the devil. Number one is this. He is real. He is real. Now, there are people who believe that the devil is an old wives' tale that's designed to scare people into serving God and, and going to church. And, and there, there are some people who say, you know what, I don't believe that the devil is real because I've never seen the devil. I've never seen him with my own two eyes. There are some people who say, I don't believe the devil is real because I don't know anybody alive who's seen the devil. I don't know anybody who's seen the devil. So I just really don't believe that he's real. And friends, can I tell you that you have never seen George Washington. You have never seen Abraham Lincoln. But you believe that they existed because of the witness of history. And it's really interesting. You know, history, we take it in school. You know, you take American history. You take world history. And for 99.9% of us in this place... We don't know who wrote the history books. We couldn't tell each other their names. We, we, we wouldn't have a clue of who, who wrote them. Matter of fact, we wouldn't even know how they came up with the information in the history books. But yet we believe it. And do you know why we believe it? Because you know what? We, we trust that, that history is accurate. And you know what? For the most part, we should believe it because uh, those history books, they're giving us an accurate history of what's taking place in, in the past. And they've been recorded for us. And the Bible is a history book. Matter of fact, there are many historians who, who, who say, you know what, the Bible has, it has accurate history in it. And they're not necessarily followers of Jesus, these historians, that they, that they don't proclaim to be Christians or, or to love Jesus. But they would say, this book is a, this book, the Bible, has accurate history in it. Now, I personally believe that the Bible is the Word of God. 
And it's inspired by God. It's more than just an, a history book. It is God's word to humanity. And, and friends, just like we draw the conclusion that Abraham Lincoln or George Washington lived because of what's recorded in history, the Bible lets us know God's word, this great history book that's inspired by God, lets us know that there's a God who's alive and well, and he is involved and active with his creation. And friends, if you believe there's a God like I do, you have to believe there's a devil. If you believe there's a God, you have to believe there's a devil. Because Jesus, the Son of God, who lived a perfect and sinless life, Jesus said that there is a real devil. A real devil. He's not a figment of your imagination. He is real. Let me give you a couple of examples. In Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 12, Jesus said, Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Notice that Jesus did not say that the devil is an, an imaginary force or some imaginary supervillain. No, Jesus said he is real. And, and part of the devil's job, what he does, is when the word of God goes out and it gets into people's heart, the devil comes and he tries to steal the word of God from people's hearts so they can't be saved, so they won't be followers of, of Jesus. The devil is real. And friends, Jesus had a face-to-face -face encounter with the devil. And the book of Matthew talks about this in Matthew chapter 4 and verse Number one, it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. You see, Jesus, if you're not familiar with the story, had just finished fasting 40 days and 40 nights. No doubt this was one of the weakest times of his life. His flesh is weak. He's no doubt more vulnerable to temptation, though he never gave in to temptation. This is a weak moment. The devil, he shows up at a weak moment. And the Bible says that he began to tempt Jesus. A face-to-face -face encounter. Three different temptations. And I don't, I'm not going to take time to unpack all the three temptations, but I want to show you what Jesus' response was to this last temptation in Matthew 4 and verse 10 through 11. Please take time on your own and read more about this face-to-face -face encounter Jesus had with the devil. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. I mean, the Bible, Jesus said, listen, this devil is a real person. He's real. He, I had a face-to-face -face encounter with me, with him, and he left me. He is real. And, and the questions that we need to really think about today and try to address today is if the devil is real, and he is, where did he come from? Who is he? What does he do? And what is the devil's future? Let me start by answering the question, where did he come from? God created the devil. He was created as a righteous angel, a holy angel. And he was a singing angel. He was beautiful. He had a wonderful voice in heaven. And many scholars say that, that the, the devil, he was the praise and worship leader. He was the choir leader in, in heaven. And the devil, understand this, he was created like you and I, with the free will. What that simply means is the devil, he could choose just like you and I. He could choose to love God or he could choose to rebel against God. 
You see, true love is not being a robot where God makes us love him. It's us having a choice. You know, my wife, Tiffany, if I had to give her a pill every morning for her to love me, I would give her this pill, the I love you pill, and she would take it and she goes, I love you, Herbert. I now love you, Herbert. That's not love. I mean, it's not love. You're a robot. Love is my wife every day chooses to, to love me out of her own free will, out of her own volition. She says, I love you. I love you as my husband. It's her choice. And we have that same choice to love God or to rebel against God. And so did Satan. And Satan became proud. He became haughty because of his talents and his abilities. And, and, and the Satan, his heart began to be filled with wickedness. And he got so wicked, he wanted to become God. He wanted to, he wanted to whoop, whoop God, take over his throne and become the God of the universe. And the Bible says a war broke out in heaven and that, that God kicked Satan out of heaven down here to earth. And that's why we deal with that book of bear today because he got kicked out of heaven and he's here on, on earth. And, and the Bible talks about this story that I'm telling you about in Revelation chapter 12 and verse seven through nine. The Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels, that's the good angels, that's the angels on God's side, fought against the dragon. That's just another name for Satan or the serpent or Lucifer, says, and, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. I like that. Catch that. The devil was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The, the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Now, many scholars say that these angels are, are that were kicked out of heaven down here to earth. Those are the demons that are here on earth today. The devil was a righteous angel that turned bad, got kicked out of heaven. You can learn more about the, the enemy, the, the devil, and who he was and how he got kicked out of heaven. I encourage you to study. I'm going to give you a, a few scriptures here to study on your own. Luke chapter 10 and verse 18 talks about how the devil was kicked out of heaven. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13 through 17 talks about who the devil was when he was in heaven. It talks about his voice. It talks about his beauty when he was in heaven. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 15, it talks about how the devil had a place in heaven and how he was kicked out of heaven. And now that we understand who the devil was in heaven, what I want to talk about is who the devil is now here down here on earth. Who is he? And what does he do now that he's, now that he's down here? That leads me to point number two. The second top thing that you need to know about the devil is he is a liar. He is a liar. Can I tell you that he is at his best when it comes to lying and deception. The Bible says this in John 8 and verse 44. The, the, these are the words of Jesus. He says, you belong to your father, the devil. Notice again that Jesus says the devil is real. Here's another account. The devil is real. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies everybody shout father i want you to catch this he is the father of lies in other words the devil created lying when he was in heaven as a righteous angel there was no lying that was on the face of the earth there was no lying at all and the devil came up with this thing called lying deception he created it he was the author of it the bible says he's the father of of lies He's been doing this a long time. He started way up in heaven, convincing a third of the angels to follow him. He's a liar and a deceiver. 
And one of the devil's biggest lies is to get people to doubt his existence. He's good at it. He's been doing it a long time. Matter of fact, statistics say that 30 to 40 percent of people don't believe in the reality of the devil. They believe that a lot of people, a high percentage of people believe that there's a God. But 30 to 40 percent of people don't believe in the reality of the devil. I would imagine that some of you here today that are in this place today, you believe in the reality of God. But some of you don't believe in the reality of a real devil. And he's a real enemy. And he is so deceiving and cunning that many people believe that he's not even real. That's how powerful he is. That's how deceptive he is. The Bible talks about how much deception he has in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Notice that deceives the whole world. And he was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Notice that he deceives the whole world. I mean, he's so good, he doesn't just deceive Oklahomans. He doesn't just deceive people in the United States of America. He's so good. He deceives the whole world. People in China and Japan, Indonesia, Africa, England, Ireland. The Bible says he deceives the whole world. Now, the devil can't be everywhere at the same time, but he's been working at it for years, and he's, he's influenced. He work, he's been working through the media. And he, he'll work, he, he works through, through radio, and he, he works through advertising, he he, 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 he take and he works. He, he's so good. He, man, he's had time down. He's been doing, he's been working his craft for a long time. And the Bible says he's so good. He deceives the whole world. He's a pro. He's a master at it. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14 talks a little bit more in depth about Satan and his deception. It says, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. The Bible says he masquerades as an angel of light. You see, some of you think the devil is stupid. The devil's not dumb. The devil don't come to you with a pitchfork, with some horns and a tail. He don't come to you with his tongue out. I'm the devil. I'm going to get you. That's not, that's not the devil. No. The Bible says he masquerades as an angel of light. That's why people don't think there's a devil, because he masquerades as an angel of light. He makes himself appear to be good. I mean, he's smooth. He's good at this. He's good at deception. Let me tell you, the devil don't come with horns and a fork. The devil comes with them high heels on, brother, and, them, and that minister on the hill. That's the devil. That's the devil. Huh? Hi, ladies, the devil, the devil come to you in Target with that sale rack that said 40% off clearance. That's the devil. It's the devil. Come on, brothers. It's the devil. Hi, the devil's in your house right now. It's that cupcake. Hi, you're a fool and you want another. That's that, cu that cupcake. It's the devil. <laughs> you don't come with a pitchfork and horns. He's way too smooth for that. The Bible says he masquerades. As an angel of light. Deception. There's a strong possibility that there are lies that you have bought into from your spiritual enemy. And you're believing a lie today. Because he's so good. I mean, I mean, Herbert, it's, I mean, it's not that big a deal if men have sex outside of marriage. I mean, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I mean I'm married and I don't do it. I mean, I'm single and I do do it. I'm married and I, and I do have sex outside of my marriage. I mean, it's not that big a deal. I mean, it feels good. I mean, everybody's doing it. How can it be wrong? Everybody's doing it. 
I mean, you watch the movies on Hollywood. I mean, you, you're going to rarely see somebody married having sex or making love or kissing one another in the movies. No, there ain't nobody married. Huh? They say everybody's doing it. I mean, Herbert's not that big a deal. I mean, a little, little, little cocaine, a little high, a little joints. I mean, it's not that big a deal, Herbert. I mean, I mean, man, you know, it's the weekend. It's the weekend, man. You know, it's, I worked hard, man. It's the weekend. I deserve a little... Gotta forget a few things, you know what I mean? Get a little high. I mean, I'll be at church on Sunday now, Herb. I'll be, I'll be here, man. But you know, I just—it's not that. It's not, it's not nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, Herbert. I mean, it's not—it's not a lie. It's not a real lie. I mean, just stretching the truth. It's, I'm not lying. It's a why lie. I mean, it's not a—it's not a lie. It's another category. It's not—it's not the truth, but it's—it's it's not a lie. Now, it's, it's okay. I mean, I know, I know I'm, I got bitterness in my heart, but, you know, I'm not forgiving them. I'm going to let them know I'm mad. I'm holding on to it. I feel I'm holding on to this. That's right. I got my ride. And the enemy is so deceptive. He has been doing it for years. Number three, there's a third thing that I want you to know about your enemy, the devil, I want you to know, number three, the top thing you need to know about the devil is he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you and me. See, the Bible teaches that there is a spiritual battle and we are all a part of it. The the scriptures also teach that our spiritual enemy, the devil, is devising strategies to to, to destroy our lives. He devises strategies, plots, schemes to destroy us. The Bible talks about this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11 through 12. It says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Some versions say, say schemes of the devil or plots of the devil. He is plotting. He is scheming on how to take you out. Verse 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Can I tell you, we get our enemies so confused. Some of you think your real enemy is your ex, or your boss, or your coworker, or your neighbor, or the person that used to be your friend, but they're not anymore. You think that's your real battle. That's not your real battle. That's not your greatest battle. Your greatest battle is an unseen battle against spiritual forces, the, the enemy, evil rulers. The Bible goes on to talk about this real battle. The greatest battle we fight is against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Please hear me today, People's Church. There is a spiritual battle going on. Today, you may not be a believer. You may not be a follower of Jesus. Man, so glad you're here. You may be here and you just crossed the line of faith. And this whole following Jesus thing is brand new. Maybe you've been coming to church for years and serving Jesus for years. I want everybody in this place to know you're in a spiritual battle. There's a real spiritual unseen battle going on. It's not against flesh and blood. The enemy is trying to destroy you. The Bible talks more about this in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. This says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He wants to destroy your life. He's looking. He's looking how to destroy your life, your, your family, your kids, your marriage, your career, your, your finances. Your, he, he, wants, he wants to destroy your life. Can I tell you when the devil masquerades as an angel of light? And he makes good look bad. He makes bad look looks good. He makes it look good. You know why he does that? 
he masquerades as an angel of light. And he makes this thing look so fun and so enticing. And everybody's doing it. He doesn't do it so you just have a good time. He, he, he makes it look so good because he wants to destroy you. That's his goal. That's his aim. He came to kill, steal, and to destroy. And he dresses it all up. He masquerades as an angel of light because he wants to take you out. He's deceptive. He's sly. He's cunning. And I like what the Bible says. It says that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like. Everybody shout like. Like a roaring lion. In other words, he's like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. In other words, he makes a lot of noise. But he's not a real lion. You ever met somebody that talked a lot of junk but couldn't bust a grape, huh? Just talk all kind of mess. I'll whoop you. I'll whoop your daddy and your mama. I'm my daddy bigger than your daddy, huh? And couldn't bust a grape, huh? Like P.B. Herman. Just take it off running. I mean, they can't hurt nobody. And that's what the Bible says the devil's like. He's like a roaring lion. His bark is a lot bigger than his bite. You say, Herbert, why is that? Why? Why is that? That leads me to point number four. To point number four. Here's the fourth top thing you didn't know, you need to know about the devil. Is he is limited. He is limited. You see, some people think that the devil is so big and bad. That they think the devil is just as powerful as God. Matter of fact, some of you believe that today. I mean, that's why you blame the devil for everything. Everything you do. The devil made me do it. It was the devil. It was the devil. It was the devil. I mean, you, you think the devil is so powerful. But can I tell you, the devil isn't anything like God. He doesn't come close to comparing to how powerful our God is. Hear me today. Hear me today. God is creator. The devil is created. God is infinite. The devil is finite. Listen, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. The devil is limited. He can't be everywhere at the same time. Listen, the, God is omniscient. He knows everything. The devil doesn't know everything. Listen, if the devil knew everything, he, would have, he wouldn't have started war in heaven and got his tail kicked out of heaven. But he don't know everything. He got kicked out. Listen, God is omnipotent. The devil is not, the, the devil is not all powerful like God. He can't compare to our God. He is limited. Let me tell you why the devil is even limited on this earth. Let me tell you why. The first thing you need to know under he is limited, number one, is Jesus defeated the devil on the cross. He defeated the devil on the cross. So the devil is limited even in this earth realm that we live in. The Bible talks about this in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. This is talking about how Jesus defeated the devil on the cross. It says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, talking about the devil, evil forces, the demons, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You see, Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for our sins. And not only did he die, but on the third day, he got up from the grave with all power in his hands. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave from the enemy. And today he stands victorious. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says, the Bible says he made a spectacle of the devil. 
You see, you know, let me tell you how bad God is. Jesus is bad. Let me tell you how bad he is. Jesus, here's what Jesus did. In heaven, on his turf, Jesus said, I'm so bad, I kick you out of my turf. And he kicked the devil out of his turf down, down the earth. And then Jesus said, I'm so bad, I'll come down to your turf. And Jesus came through a virgin Mary, and he was born, and he put on flesh, and then he beat the devil right here on his turf on earth. Jesus is bad. I'll whoop you on my turf, and I'll whoop you on your turf. It don't make me no difference. And he made a spectacle out of the devil. He is limited. Matter of fact, the devil, his future is the lake of fire, and he can't do anything about it. He's limited. The Bible says this about Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, about how the devil can't do anything about his future, where he's going. The Bible says, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's his future, and he can't do anything about it because he is limited. There's a second thing that I want you to know about the devil being limited. Number two is this, you can resist him. You can resist him. I'm talking to, talking to Christ followers, people who are living for Jesus, who know Jesus. You don't need to fear the devil. He has limited power. You can resist him. The Bible talks about this in James chapter 4 and verse number 7. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, hear me, hear me. I want to teach you something today. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Let me teach you. The reason the devil causes so much havoc in our lives is not because he's all that big and bad. Here's the reason. The reason he causes so much havoc in our lives is because the Bible says to defeat the devil, you need to have your life submitted to God. You need to be under God's authority. And when you're under God's authority, you can resist the devil, and the Bible says he will flee from you. But what happens to so many of us is we choose not to submit our lives to God. Well, you know, well, you know, you know, well, you know, in my marriage, I'm going to do kind of do things my, my, I'm going to do my, my way. Well, you know, I know, I know what the Bible says about raising kids. Ah, I don't do all that. I'm going to do things. I know what the Bible says about money, what I should do, but ah, I'm not going to do all that. I'm, I'm going to do things my way. I mean, I know what the Bible says about my attitude and how I should live my life. But, ah, I'll take that, but I don't like that. I'm going to do my own thing. And we got a God's authority. We don't live our lives submitted to God, and we don't live our lives submitted to God. We open ourselves up for the enemy to come in and to cause havoc in our lives. The Bible says you want to defeat your spiritual enemy. It's really easy. It's not always easy to submit. It's not always easy to do it, but it's easy to defeat him. And that's by submitting your life, obeying God's word, knowing what his word says, and obeying, obeying his word, lining your life up with his word, with his word, submitting your life to God, and then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Can I tell you, a lot of followers of Jesus make it complicated to defeat the enemy, and it's easy. The difficult part is to submit our will to his, is lining our lives, lives up with what he says to do. And when we submit our lives to God, he will flee from us. It is not complicated. You hear some people say, well, you know, Pastor... The way that I defeat the devil, you know, in my, my house is I got to get incense and candles and I have to have 12 candles and light them. One for each 12 tribe of Israel for the 12 disciples. And I have to light all the candles and then I got to get three more. One for the father. You know, people, when they're weird, they get all spiritual. The father and the son and the Holy Ghost got to lie at him, and then I got to walk around the house, and I got to chant. I got to chant, devil, the Lord rebuke you. 
devil the Lord rebuke you devil the Lord rebuke you and then pastor I'll tell you what I got to do to defeat the devil then I want to talk to the devil devil you name yourself demon I'm talking to you demon name yourself identify yourself demon name yourself if you do that you're weird you're weird you need some spiritual counseling and guidance you are weird that's weird the Bible don't say nothing about no candles and chanting. The Bible says you want to defeat the devil. It says submit yourself to God. Obey God. Line your life up with God's word. Resist the devil and the boy will flee from you. I threw all that in for our spiritual space cadets. Amen. I want to talk to you too. Amen. I want to hit everybody today. There's a, a third thing I want to point out to you today about he is limited. He is limited. Number three is this. You have authority over the devil. You have authority over the devil. Hear me today. The devil doesn't have authority over you if you're a follower of Jesus. You have authority over him. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19. It says the 72 returned with joy and said, these are the 72 that Jesus sent out, and now they're coming back with a report to Jesus. They said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. I mean, the demons are under our authority. They submit to us as your followers. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Let me tell you something as my followers. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you to overcome all. Everybody shout all. Jesus said, as my followers, I've given you the authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. He said, Herbert, what does that mean in the 21st century? What does that mean today? What does that mean in my life personally? I'll tell you what it means. It means that you don't have to live a life of fear of the devil. You, you, you don't have to live a life of addictions. You don't have to live a life of sin. You don't have to live a life of self-defeat and self-destruction. You can live a life of freedom. You can live the abundant life that God has for you. You can live the blessed life that God intended you to live. You have authority and you can overcome all the power of the enemy. Jesus said, Satan fell like lightning from heaven. The Bible says, Jesus said, he has fallen. The devil has fallen and is awaiting judgment. And can I tell you that Satan is still falling today. Every time somebody quits trusting in themselves and they trust in God, Satan falls. Every time somebody says, I'm no longer going to live a life of addictions. I'm going to live a life of freedom in Jesus Christ. Satan. False. Every time somebody says, you know what, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to raise my family in the local church. Satan. False. Every time somebody says, I'm going to be a tither and I'm going to resource the kingdom of God. Satan false. Every time one person, just one per, one person who's been living their life for the devil, for the world, for themselves. And they say, you know what? Today I choose to give my life to Jesus. Just one person. Just one person. Crosses the line of faith and places their trust in Jesus. Satan. False.
And today, in your, in your life, there are some areas where Satan needs to fall. Will you submit your life to Jesus? Resist the devil. He's limited. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thanks for your